It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford box? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. Back to Astropod, the official podcast of the Houston Astros. Greetings from Minute Maid Park, where today the Houston Astros play their second game of the season against the Seattle Mariners. Astros won on opening day yesterday, 8-2 over Seattle. Michael Brantley, two hits, including a three-run home run. Justin Verlander, seven strikeouts, gave up two runs in six innings to pick up the victory. As the Astros are 1-0 on the year, the Mariners are 0-1. Today's pitching matchup is brought to you by Houston Methodist. Houston Methodist, the official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Houston Methodist leading medicine. Well, a couple of guys who are coming off injuries and uh, did barely pitched at all or didn't pitch at all last year. Lance McCullers for the Astros coming back from Tommy John surgery did not pitch at all last year. And you know he's been chopping at the bit to get out there for quite a while. Yeah, he worked extremely hard. And we saw him out in the outfield many times last year. Uh, as he progressed with that long toss and uh, the the bullpens and all of that. And he documented some of it, so we got to watch a little bit of his change in his mechanics. Uh, but it's finally here. And he looked great five days ago against the Kansas City Royals in that tune-up. Uh, his changeup was great, fastball command, and, of course, that curveball, that hammer is always going to be there for McCullers. So he's excited. We're excited to watch him, and uh, the Astros are going to count on him a lot this season. Meanwhile, Taiwan Walker on the mound for the Seattle Mariners in a similar boat. He's only started four games over the last two years and just one inning of work all of last season pitching for the Arizona Diamondbacks, now back with the Seattle Mariners. Yeah, he got to the big leagues in 2013, and it's funny, man. He's only 27 years old still, so he got there pretty early and still a lot of time to maybe fulfill some of the promise that he had as a, as a young prospect coming up through Seattle's organization. And uh, he's got a big frame. He can throw hard. He, he does all those little things that – you're hoping, except get hitters out. You know, he just hasn't really had a really consistent run of getting hitters out. So maybe that's coming after setting out the last year and a half. Today's Keys to the Game brought to you by Honda for great deals on a great selection. Visit your greater Houston Honda dealer today. Honda, official sponsor of the Houston Astros. Well, I think one of the big keys today, Steve, we talked about it in the in the first segment. Two guys, Lance McCullers Jr., Taiwan Walker, coming off Tommy John surgery, uh, pitching for the first time after pretty lengthy layoffs. Uh, it's going to be a key to just to see how long both of them can go in this <laughs> ball game. You know why, too, is I think the adrenaline that both of those pitchers are going to have because it's going to just be so much pent-up uh, emotion coming into these games. Uh, they'll probably reflect at, at some point about how hard it and long it took uh, for them to get back out there. That that takes a, that emotional toll takes a little bit out of you as well. And we talked about sometimes that pitchers in the playoffs, you could also add 10 to 15 pitches onto their total because of all that stress that the that is induced from uh, what's actually going on during the course of the game. So 
Maybe Dusty Baker, you know, if the Astros happen to, to get a lead in this ballgame, can take McCullers Jr. out a little bit earlier than what he had originally planned just for those reasons. Coming up next, we'll hear from Astros pitching coach Brent Strom. And a little later, we'll be joined by Chandler Rome, Astros beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. But now this from your local station. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that good Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. All right, welcome back to Ash Launch. This is Steve Sparks, and I'm with our old friend Brent Strom, uh, the pitching coach with the Astros, Stromy. Uh, you got one in the books last night. Uh, Justin Verlander pitched very well. You had to be very pleased. Yeah, it was great. Great to see him. What I was particularly surprised, I kidded him. He, he pitched like Maddox. He had uh, 31 pitches after three innings. I said, man, alive. He's, and, you know, the Mariners, uh, uh, the Mariners are notorious for taking a lot of called third strikes, and they yeah. sure changed their program last night and were attacking quite early. They just didn't want to let him get deep in the count to throw the slider. We've seen that in the last few years. I remember with Dallas Keuchel, some guys would attack him real early in the count. Uh, we saw it with Garrett Cole on occasion and Verlander. I mean, you got to be you got to be ready for that in the first inning, or or you're going to see a crooked number, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. It was typical. It was like Vogelbach, who probably next to Kevin Biggio it takes more pitches than anybody yeah. in baseball. And the first two at bats, he swung at the first pitch, and Verlander smartly threw him a changeup on one of them and and, and got him out, which which was a big moment for me, you know, him getting out on a changeup. It was great. It's kind of funny last night. I think Marco Gonzalez did that to Bregman too, who usually takes the first pitch and he got a first pitch changeup. But yeah, uh, it, we'll, we'll it, see it, some it, different things this year. Hey, you got a couple of your young guys into the game last night, Anoli Paredes and Blake Taylor. Uh, you probably love to get them in sooner than later uh, to get their feet wet. But what'd you think about those two? Well, I thought, uh, I th you know, we had a meeting before the game and uh, of course you got Presley and Osuna. Uh, the the old guards that were in our reliever meeting, and I told the I told the kids that that made this roster that they'll never forget this day. Yeah. And a big smile came to Paredes, who's always smiling. Javier, um, Taylor, uh, the group, and uh, Bailey. And so it was an exciting time for them. And uh, yeah, I was glad to get them in. Uh, you know, you know, you 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 want them to get their feet wet. You know, we only have so many bullets down there with veteran guys. I'm going to have to protect. Uh, I'm going to have to protect Paredes a little bit. Uh, you know, he's not used to the reliever role, so he'll need right. a couple of days off. Uh, I thought uh, Taylor did a nice job. The the lineup rolled over perfectly for him mm -hmm. with the lefties down at the bottom of the order. So uh, so it was a good time, and, and Devo bridged it for us. And so it was uh, it was a nice win, but we go after it again today. Let's touch on Devo for just a second. A couple of subpar years, the last two, uh, after an all-star season. But, man, in these inter-squad games that, that I've seen streamed online and uh, the game in Kansas City, maybe the results weren't great, but it just it, everything looks a little bit better. It looks more like uh, the Davinsky we saw a couple years ago, doesn't it? Yeah, one of the things that uh, – and, you know, this goes back to Carlos Beltran. Uh, Devo has a propensity to tip his pitches. He gives the hitter an open, <laughs> an open window, gives the pitcher an open window, and Carlos was always on my butt about – Hey, he's tipping, he's tipping, and uh, so we worked on it quite a bit. And now he, if you notice, you, you, you won't see the uh, elevated front side giving the hitter a, a good window. So he, he's yeah. hiding pitches better. Uh, he's utilizing his breaking ball a little bit more. So uh, Devo is going to be a big part of this uh, team. You know, losing Harris and, and Peacock at this moment and Smith 
uh, Debo's going to have to step up for us. Want to touch uh, another reliever? He hasn't gotten into a game yet, but uh, he made the roster. Well, two of them, Kristen Javier and the other, Brandon Bailey. That one surprised me. I didn't. I wasn't really thinking about Brandon Bailey when I was trying to formulate who was going to be on your pitching staff. Tell me about Brandon Bailey. Uh, I know very. I don't know a great deal about him. Uh, I think people should realize he was thought well enough to be Rule Five by the Orioles. Mm-hmm. Uh, was sent back. We gladly took him back. He has a good arm. Uh, I think what Brandon Bailey happened to Brandon Bailey is he was traded for a young man, Loriano, who yeah. done quite well for Oakland. I think he placed a little bit of pressure on himself to uh, mm. uh, to make the trade not seem so lopsided. Uh, but he has good stuff. He throws strikes. Has an excellent changeup, uh, and he'll be utilized in this season. You know, we uh, you're not going to see outside of Kyle Hendricks last night. Uh, you're you're going to see a lot of five inning outings by really good starting pitching, and uh, so he should help us uh, in that role. And as far as Javier, Javier is going to be eventually a, a third starter on a first division team for me. He's got a, I asked Javier what he thought his best pitch was. He said his fastball. Mm-hmm. I said, what do you think your second best pitch is? He said his changeup. I said, no, let's, let's revisit this. What's your best <laughs> pitch? He said fastball. I said, what's your second best pitch? He said fastball. What's your third best pitch? Fastball. He has an invisible fastball. It has great life to it. And uh, I think major league hitters are going to be kind of surprised by what they see from Javier. It kind of reminds me of, uh, Greg Nettles telling me when Gidry used to pitch, the hitters used to see this little skinny uh, Louisiana kid yeah. come in and all of a sudden the ball was by you. And I think that's <laughs> what we'll see with Javier. Uh, what makes a guy's pitch like that fastball so invisible? I mean, what, well, he, what, what has a, he has a quirky little delivery where it's kind of, you think it's going the ball's going to come and he's got a somewhat long arm action, but there's a little hiccup in there that kind of upsets hitters timing and he has great uh, carry to the ball. And it's really easy. And, uh, and, you know, if we can get him to pitch up in the zone, which is the Astro way for the most part, uh, I think this is going to be a very successful young man for us. I, I don't think it's far-fetched to think this guy will be a, a, a mainstay starter for this organization in the years to come. Last thing with Brent Strom. Lance McCullers Jr. pitches tonight, long haul after Tommy John surgery. What do you expect and what have you seen from Lance uh, building up to this? Well, this guy's been on a mission for a long time, and he's going to be excited. Uh, if we can keep the nerves down a little bit, uh, yeah. I think we'll be in great shape. He is uh, he's utilizing his changeup much better. Uh, I think you'll see better fastball command. We've done some, uh, some mechanical changes to utilize momentum, uh, and I think uh, I'm expecting Lance McCullers to take a step forward. We're obviously going to need uh, all of our starters to, to step forward. Uh, I obviously don't worry much about Verlander and Granke. In fact, Gary Pettis laughs at me on the days those guys pitch. I take a little nap. The other days, I'm a little, a little anxious. But uh, today, I'll, I think I'll be uh, fine. And, uh, you know, I, I always reflect back when I see Lance to 24 straight curveballs. And in the ALCS championship yep. in 2017, it was – I thought I was writing down the wrong number on my scorecard. And uh, I look back, and it was, it was a, a feat, to be sure. But I'm looking forward to seeing Lance today. Last thing, real quick, Strami. Pretty weird last night with no fans. Extremely, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was strange. Uh, you know, it was uh, kind of surreal to be honest with you. You know, you uh, you hear everything. Uh, you know, when they hit the couple home runs off Verlander, you could hear their dugout cheering quite vociferously. Uh, uh, you hear the crack of the bat. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it is different. You know, it's um, uh, but we're gonna it's something. It's the way it is today, and we're just gonna be used to it. I did like the energy that the team had. You know, it's a it's sixty game sprint, so. I view us as having two and a half wins right now because each win is like two and a half points. That's right, 2.7. 2.7. And so uh, today we're going to try and get another 2.7. 
and that'll get us to what 5.4 and we should be in pretty good shape so, there you go so. well we, we could hear your fred, fred flintstone voice down in the dugout last <laughs> night so okay. we appreciate it thanks for the time strong good luck today thanks man welcome back with chandler rome astros beat writer for the houston chronicle and of course uh, being a, a beat writer in 2020 is not like being a beat writer any other year in in baseball history with everything going on because of the global pandemic. Uh, you were at summer camp and uh, you also went to the two exhibition games in Kansas City, in addition, obviously, being here for uh, opening day yesterday. Uh, what has kind of stood out to you uh, just as a beat writer who's used to a certain level of access and being able to do certain things that you're, you're not able to do now? Well, there's a lot of problems, but I'm happy to have the problems because there was a time in June where I didn't think I would be having these problems uh, coming into the season. You know, things were looking bleak there for a little bit. So I'm not here to complain. I'm not here to say anything about access, but it is a little, it, it is a little problematic. I mean, you would prefer, and I know you too, Robert, you would prefer to be in the clubhouse talking to guys, uh, getting building those relationships and one-on-ones. And there's just not much you can build over Zoom, especially with a new manager in Dusty Baker, who um, I got to know a little bit in spring training, but we were only around him for about a month. And James clicked the same way. So you would want to be building these relationships face-to-face a little bit. But, you know, these are the cards we're dealt. And we're going to deal with them, and we're going to uh, we're gonna try to make the best of it. And again, um, I'm not here to say, woe is me. I love having these problems. I love coming to the ballpark every day and still being employed. Um, but it, it, it is changing the way the game is covered a little bit. And you're seeing a lot of the same quotes. You're seeing a lot of the same storylines written by just about everybody. And that's going to be the norm throughout the season if, if we can finish it. Yeah, I mean, that, that brings up a good point because every media member is in on these or every media man, member can be in on these Zoom calls and it's the same players, obviously, with the manager as well. Uh, how, as a writer, can you differentiate yourself at a time like this when it's when it's really difficult to do since everybody's getting the same access? So. I'm lucky in the fact that I covered college football before this, and college football access is a lot like what we have now. There's um, the school administrators pick the players that are going to talk, just like the Astros. They are taking requests, but they ultimately are the ones that pick the players who talk. Um, but, you know, the goal is to maybe just present it at a different angle, add a context, add some scene maybe for people that aren't here. Because everybody that's reading this, they, they can watch on TV or listen to you guys on the radio, but there's still some stuff that happens at the ballpark that just can't be quantified on, on TV or on a broadcast. So adding that helps. But um, you also want to try to get out of the Zooms a little bit. You want to try to talk to people that maybe other people aren't talking to, whether um, you know we had Blake Taylor and Taylor Jones. Uh, Blake Taylor made his major league debut last night taylor jones may make his uh today you know maybe calling their parents maybe calling their their family to see how they were able to um watch their kids make their debuts in this weird pandemic related world so you're always looking for something different and you're always looking for a way to get out of the zoom calls to find perspective from outside now, I know one thing that, I, that I've certainly noticed as a broadcaster, even before when I used to do uh, pre- and post-game stuff in Kansas City and would go down to Royal Spring Training, uh, spring training is the time when I feel like I get the most interaction with fans because so many people just aren't there. Uh, I mean, obviously, people do go to spring training, but a lot of people uh, don't, and so there's just star, they're just starved for any sort of information. Do you find that now because people can't come to games, people weren't able to be here at summer camp, 
camp, even though it was in Houston, that people you're seeing more engagement, more interest in the stuff that you put out there than maybe you would normally? I think our numbers our numbers are good right now. Our numbers on Astros content are good right now. I think part of that is there there is an excitement for this season to start. There's nothing else going on right now. The Rockets will obviously uh, start playing real games here a little bit soon, and the Texans will report. But right now the Astros are the only thing going in town, and people need a distraction. People want some reason to stop reading about all the doom and gloom going on in the world. So, yeah, I do I do see where you're coming from. I'm getting a lot more engagement. I'm getting a lot more questions. But I feel like Astros fans in general, even in a non-pandemic world, they, they, they crave that day-to-day updates. They want to know who's on the IL. They want to know who's coming up through the pipeline. And that's because this team is a contending team. And, and fans of contending teams want to know every little thing that's happening, and that's no different right now. Chandler Rome, Astros beat writer for the Houston Chronicle. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Robert. Questions for Blake Taylor. Hey, Blake, can you start by telling us, you know, what it felt like when you heard the phone ring and your name called and kind of some of the emotions that you were feeling and, and that went through you before you took the mound? Um, yeah, I mean, when the phone rang, uh, I kind of had a feeling I was going to pitch. There's a lot of lefties in this lineup. So I was just kind of mentally preparing from uh, probably about the fourth inning on just to kind of get a grasp of what the hitters were doing, their tendencies and everything like that. And when I got the call, you know, it was kind of my heart started racing. I was uh, like super excited to get out there and, uh, you know, and then obviously when you kind of get out there and you start running out, you kind of feel like it's like almost like riding a bike again, like you're in the same position. And I mean, I mean, the, the no fans thing was a little, it was weird at first, but it's kind of, it kind of put me at, at ease because of playing in the minor leagues. There's not as many fans as in the big leagues, obviously. So that was a kind of, it kind of made that a little bit easier, but I'm excited for the day that fans can come and my family can come and just watch, watch me pitch on the field. Was your phone blowing up? Did you, were you able to at least call a lot of people after the game and share that moment with family and friends? Yeah, I got to I got to call my whole family and I called uh, all, like all my close friends and everybody who's been there and supported me and all other coaches that have been there for me. So I, I made some phone calls last night and it was just it was an emotional night for everybody, for me uh, and for my family. You know, it's a lot of hard work. They they've all pushed me. They've all never let me give up. So it was just a, it was a night that was great for my entire family, my support system, and everything like that. Did you say a baseball from the or something from the game, Blake? Did I get something from the game? Save a baseball. Yeah, a baseball, that, that kind of thing. The last out, uh, Altuve saved the baseball for me, which was really, really cool, and I kept it. So it's gonna, it's gonna be with me for the rest of my life. What was it like for you in the locker room after? It was, it was just, it was. It's, it's hard to explain. It was just super welcoming, and everybody was just so excited and. You know, I, I was very excited for Anoli too. Like this is a huge moment for Anoli and me. And you know, the team acknowledged that, and that's just like that was just like such a cool thing. I, I got traded over here. I don't know many people, but everyone was just so welcoming, and it was it, it felt like I've been here forever. And I'm like, it felt like I'm part of the family. Like I, I, lo- I loved it, the feelings. Like I couldn't really describe the feeling I felt of walking in the locker room after. Like, what has the last like? six months of your life been like from getting traded to getting into a clubhouse where you don't know anybody to a shutdown and now this it was uh it's a lot of you got to deal with a lot of adversity in baseball and obviously this year there's more adversity than there's ever been in my opinion or what i've ever experienced in baseball and you know i got the call i actually 
it was actually really early in the morning when I got traded. I actually didn't get the call until like nine o'clock Western time, but I got traded and I was just like one of those feelings where you're like, okay, wow, like I'm going to the Astros. They just won. They just went to the World Series two of the last three years and they won it once. So it was a crazy feeling. It was mixed like great, great emotions. And then I walked into spring training and everyone was so welcoming and everything like that. And just such a good team. And then the shutdown hit and no one was really no one really knew what was going to happen and all, all we could have done was stay ready and do everything we possibly could in the circumstances and you know it, i feel like all the work that everyone put in during quarantine has shown and paid off and like i, I think we went out there yesterday and played a really good ball game as a team and just everybody was hitting and just everyone looked really good and every nobody like it feels like nobody really missed a step Everyone has like a dream of how they make their major league debut. I imagine with fans in the stands and your family there, the fact that they weren't there and the fact that there weren't any fans, is that dampen it at all? No, because I know that all my family was watching and my family, like I've played on the East coast a lot and my family's from the West coast. So I, I like, I might see my family. I might see each person once a year, maybe during season. So, I mean, yeah, I would have loved to have had my family for my debut here, but I know that they were at home cheering and, cheering me on and supporting me so I, I can't ask for much more than that where do most of them live where did, where were they watching the game they're all in uh, orange county so it'll be it'll be it'll be cool to go to anaheim and see what they get to watch me on tv i'll be right there too that's that'll be cool hey blake when you found out you were going to be on the opening day roster how did you find out what was that maybe conversation like uh, was is it still a little bit surreal that it's all happened it is um so i got called into the office after our throwing program and i was i was nervous i i've uh, i was just really nervous i didn't really sleep well i kind of was anxious and uh i got up and i went into the office and then they asked me how I was feeling. I was like, I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm a little nervous. And uh, Dusty said, don't worry, you made the team. I, I, I cried, I'm not gonna lie, I cried. It was just like, it felt like all that hard work and effort and there's a lot of like valleys in my career and a lot of peaks and I went through a lot and it just, I felt like it all paid off. Like it was, it was just one of those feelings that I will never ever probably feel again. I, I'm glad I got to feel it and not many people get to and it was just an honor to get told that I made the team by a legend like Dusty Baker. All right, questions for Astros manager Dusty Baker. Yeah, do you have an update on Diaz? I think we're asking the same thing. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Diaz uh, is officially uh, on the IL and uh, he had a right groin strain and so we're going to uh, replace him with, uh, with Taylor Jones uh, who Drove down to Corpus yesterday, and he's driving back this morning. So, you know, we hate to lose Diaz because he was just getting rounding into shape. So uh, we don't have a timeline on on how long he'll be out or, you know, how long it's going to take for him to get healthy. Dusty, did you talk to Taylor Jones, and uh, were you the one who told him to turn around and come back? No, I just told him when he, when he left the other day, I said, hey, man, you never know when, uh, uh, you know, when you'll be called back. Go down with a good attitude, working butt off, and uh, you know didn't have any idea that it would be this this soon. So, um, nope. I'm sure he was very very happy. I mean, we've had four or five guys here that were extremely happy that they made the club, and before so with like I told everybody, we're probably going to need everybody there. Hopefully not, but there's a good chance that we will. 
Dusty, how do hey, you... Dusty, really... along those same lines... Sorry, Chandler. Um, oh, go, go ahead, Julia. Along those same lines of, of talking to guys, you know, we, we saw a couple of debuts last night. Blake Taylor just told us about the moment where you told him he is actually on the opening day roster. I know you got to do that with a few guys, you know, for first-timers. Is that yes. one of the things you absolutely love about your job as manager? Yeah. Uh, anything yeah, that stands out about those conversations? Well, you know, I thought... I thought uh, Taylor was gonna. I thought he's gonna faint. Actually, you know, like I mean, the way that he was looking, uh, you know, look in his face, and when he sat down, and, and he wasn't breathing. And uh, you know, I think he was anticipating that I was gonna tell him that he was cut because most of the time when you're called into the office, you know, that's a, most of the time it's gonna be that, that that you know that you're cut and it's bad news. Uh, but um, like I said, everybody that's that's played this game has been where they've been, and so it was very uh, uh, exhilarating and uh, it was a happy feeling to tell them to see the look on their face, and you know they're gonna go call their parents and their brothers or sisters or their homeboys and and tell them that they made the team. And I also stressed to them that same thing they stressed to me that it's harder to stay here than it is to get here. And so uh, you know you pitch as if you're hungry and play as if you. You know, you're trying to keep your job without putting pressure on yourself. So, uh, I mean, this is probably the most rookies that I've told their first time, you know, uh, are going to be in the big leagues. Dusty, how do you envision uh, using the designated hitter at bats now that Diaz is out of the picture? Well, it just depends on the matchup, depending on who's here. You know, like I still um, – you know, since there's more right-handed pitchers, Tucker will get probably most of them probably on days that, or some of the other guys that are off. Uh, you know, uh, I got to go check the stats. Um, you know, so I see if Taylor Jones, just because he's right-handed, you know, doesn't mean that he necessarily is lefty's better. Sometimes right-handers hit righty's better and very few, uh, but a few left-handers hit lefty's better. So it's going to be a... a, a uh, about matchups, it's going to be about if a guy's a low ball hitter and a low ball pitcher, or a high ball hitter, fastball hitter. I try to put guys in a in a position where they will most likely succeed. Dusty, how special is it for you when you hear? And um, I guess you've heard this before a few times. Blake said it was an honor for him to be told he made the team by a legend, by Dusty Baker. <laughs> I don't know. Most legends are are, are dead. You know what I mean? So I, I'm not a legend yet. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, a lot of these guys have heard of me. Uh, a lot of their fathers probably even saw us play, you know, back in the day. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's an honor for him to say that. But like I tell them all, you know, like, you know, we're not a giveaway business. You earn, do what you got. And, uh, you know, this is years of, of, um, of hard work uh, uh, where, you know, wherever you came from. And so this is a culmination of a, of a lot of hard work, uh, discipline, where, where the other kids, a lot of times are going on vacations, we're swimming, you know, year out, you know, honing your skills and, and, and playing ball out in the hot sun or the cold weather. So, uh, you know, I, I'm very pleased to tell these guys that they've reached their, their first-time goal. So, you know, being a big leagues, now you got to, you know, Regoal yourself, so to speak, uh, to try to accomplish other goals.
Dusty, uh, what what did you think of Davinsky last night, and how crucial could he be to your bullpen to get some big outs before uh, in the sixth or seventh inning? Well, I mean, he's going to have to be crucial, um, um, you know, because uh, you know his repertoire pitches. You know, he has a, a good slider, good fastball, two seamer, and an excellent changeup to you know combat against lefties. You know, he wasn't as sharp last night as he had been, uh, but, you know, he managed, uh, you know, to get out of that inning cleanly and then pass it on to, you know, to Blake. So, uh, you know, this is what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to mix and match. Like I told you, um, you know, we're most susceptible, uh, you know, probably in the sixth through the through the sixth and seventh inning, uh, you know, until, you know, we get a sooner back pitching. And then we'll be more solidified in eighth or ninth, but you can't use those guys every day either. So uh, we're trying to find, you know, some guys that are dependable and guys that, you know, that throw strikes and not afraid of, uh, of situations. Dusty, is it your plan to avoid using relievers on back-to-back days at this point? Uh, depends who they are and depends what their, uh, you know, what their workload was the day before. You know, like, um, you know, once they get into in, in the primo shape and get used to going back-to-back, um, like you said like you said earlier, early in the season, I, I, I try not to. And then later, as guys get more and more accustomed to to going back-to-back, I try not to let them go back-to-back-to-back. Or if they, uh, if they uh, warm up three times, that counts as an appearance, even though they might not have gotten in the game. So you'll see sometimes – yeah, you know, you say, hey, you haven't used this guy in three days. But in, in, in essence, he actually worked yesterday or the day before if he'd gotten up three times. So, uh, you know, we're going to try to take care of this bullpen because it's like the Yogi Bear said, if you ain't got no bullpen, you don't have nothing. So we certainly got to take care of uh, the bullpen guys. Dusty, did you hear from anybody that you wouldn't mind sharing with, uh, sharing with, congratulating you on – getting your first win as the Astros manager? Yeah, yeah, quite a few people, you know. Um, you know, homeboys, relatives, you know. Uh, I heard from Hank Aaron, uh, you know, Ralph Gar, uh, you know, J.R. Richard. Uh, I don't know, just to, you know, name a few. Uh, so there are quite a few people that called. And uh, m- matter of fact, I didn't even know yesterday's my 35th hundred game. So uh, I guess that's a lot of games. <laughs> I got a lot more to go, hopefully. How cool is that? I know you, you've known Hank a long time. But to have a Hall of Famer icon like that giving mm-hmm. you a shot when you have a special moment. Well, you know, I hear from him quite often. You know, uh, he's actually, you know, joined our wine company in, in Sacramento. You know, Baker Family Wines and – you know, he's been my mentor, like my uncle, my dad, ever since I signed. And, uh, you know, he told, he promised my mother that I was 18 years old, that if I signed, that he would take care of me as if I was his own son. So, you know, he made me go to bed when I didn't want to go to bed, maybe go to church when I didn't want to go to church, you get up to eat breakfast when I didn't want to. And, um, you know, all the things that people that care about you um, do that you don't really appreciate, you know, until later. Dusty, as it pertains to Taylor Jones, he, he's moved around defensively a little bit in his last year in the minor leagues. Would he 
primarily mm-hmm. if you need to if you need him to play defense, would he primarily be first, or would you be okay using him at third or maybe in the outfield? Well, I mean, it sounds like you got it kind of like mapped out already. You know what I mean? And uh, that's exactly probably in the sequence and order that you know we'd use him in. Uh, you know, he's not that fleet of foot. He's not that slow either. Uh, uh, you know, they tell me he can play third. He hadn't played third much for us because we didn't have the time in spring training or now, and he hadn't played any outfield. So, you know, uh, we got some great instructors here, uh, Chris Spire and Joe Espada, to help him at, down the infield. And then we got, uh, you know, Gary Pettis and myself to help him in the outfield. So, uh, you know, we're going to see. You know, we're going to see what he can do and uh, try to make him feel as comfortable uh, as possible as possible because it's really difficult for a young player to 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 play you know different positions especially on the angles of, i mean you know there's no greater angle than playing right field or left field or third base or first base so uh you know we're going to try to help as much as we can Dusty, yesterday we talked about the the trade you were involved with, or involved in with Jimmy Wynn, and today the mm-hmm. Astros are going to take a second to remember him and Bob yeah. Watson, of course. But now that you're part of this organization, mm-hmm. does, does anything surprise you about how just how loved Jimmy Wynn is no, by I'm, the Astros and their fans? Not really. I mean, you know, Jimmy Wynn. Uh, you know, like I'm close to Joe Morgan. And Jimmy Wynn and, and, and Joe were roommates, you know, for a long time. And, uh, you know, Jimmy Wynn took care of me when I was on the Braves. We'd go out to lunch or go out to the, to the club and have a, have a couple of drinks. And, uh, you know, then when he got traded for me, uh, well, for, you know, for each other, it wasn't a very popular trade in L.A., you know, and I was booed every day for like six months the first six months because I, di- I didn't do much. And, you know, Jimmy Wynn was loved out there. And, uh, you know, every time we'd come into town, no matter what team I was on, you know, the cannon would come over, you know, to see me. You know, uh, you know, two people, would, would, it would be him and and uh, and J.R. Richard. And then Bob Watson is one of the guys that put pressure on me when I was a kid about driving in runs and, and talked to me about, you know, driving in runs. And, and you know, we were – you know, remained friends for, you know, a long, long time. And then um, when he was in the commissioner's office, he was in charge of fines. He used to find me quite heavily. And uh, and I named him uh, uh, Judge Dredd. And so I think he he wore that probably. And uh, he enjoyed when I called him Judge Dredd because I, I knew I was telling the truth because he was finding me pretty heavy. So, you know, I missed both those guys and they were quality – you know, human beings. Dusty, <laughs> uh, do you think yep. we saw the effect of the three batter minimum rule for relievers last night when it came to Brantley and Groats? Uh, probably, yeah, because you know they had like three lefties out there in the bullpen. Right. You know, I mean, I mean that's, I mean that's that's why he has those lefties, and 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 this right. three batter minimum has really. It's going to limit a, um, um, you know, a job for, you know, sinker ball righties to get righties out or specialty lefties, and and you're and you're forced to, 
leave that lefty out there, even though you know it's a wrong thing to do, or that righty out there to face that left, even though you know it's the wrong thing to do. And like when I saw um, that uh, the Dodger game the other day, you know, they had a, a submariner facing facing um, um, Bellinger. Bellinger, yep. I mean, there is no way. I told my son, I'm watching the game. I said, there's no way. He might get him out, but he's going to hit a bullet somewhere. And, and the matchup's not, you know, very good. And that's that's the one rule I'd like to see them drop, to tell you the truth, you know. Dusty, mm-hmm. after the big buildup going into the regular season opener, was it? did you breathe a sigh of relief that everything went well in the opener? Or what were your emotions after getting through that first game? Well, it's just a emotion of uh, a couple of months ago. This it didn't even look possible that it was going to get there to that point. You know what I mean? And uh, you know that's what I, I was thankful for. You know for getting there, and also um, you know said some prayers for us to get through this thing because there, there, there's going to be some hiccups in between here now. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, you know nobody knows, but. This, this goes to show you, you know, they talk about live day to day and make every day appreciative. This is a day to day. This is the, the epitome of day to day because every morning you wake up, you don't know what the, the, that day is going to bring you, you know, like who might have caught the virus or who's this or who's that. And so you better appreciate, you know, you know, every day. And uh, it was a little weird with no fans, to tell you the truth, but it was better than, you know, sitting at home. Do you have any update on Alvarez or Urquidy? Uh, they, they, you know, they're on their way to, you know, to Corpus now, to, you know, to work out there. But it's my understanding that the Corpus people might be heading back up here because of the, you know, because of the storm. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're just hoping that we get them some reps somewhere. Thank you, Dusty. Did you learn anything about your team last night that you didn't already know? Uh, well, yeah, I learned after the game, you know, they like, after a win, they like to have a good time. And I haven't seen strobe lights. I haven't seen strobe lights since, since my days back in hanging out in New York. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, we had something on the Dodgers. First time I've seen that, you know, we had a player of the game and, um, back then on the Dodgers, but you know, uh, you know, we had a Mr. Potato Head, and so you could dress up the Mr. Potato Head any kind of way you wanted to. Do you remember Mr. Potato Head? Are you old enough to remember Mr. Potato Head? No, share us. Share you don't me. know Mr. Potato Head? Yeah, they got oh, yeah. ears. Nose. Yeah, I know you old enough to know. Oh, yeah, I know Mr. Yeah, and then, and then they sing a song. Baseball, though. Okay, and then they sing a song, Mr. Potato Head. He got more hair on his Man, on his head, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> and these guys here are similar. They're having a good time. They didn't hand out a Mr. Potato Head after each game, did they? Who, us? Well, yeah, we passed it on. No, no, no. We, we, we passed it on, and then you got to, you got to, uh, yeah, after each game, after each win, you know, and then you got to dress it up the way you wanted to. And, and uh, so, you, you know, it's add some fun and laughter to, to this serious game. You need to bring it back. No, they, they're they doing pretty good over here now without me, okay? So. 
Hey, hey, Dusty, does uh, Jose Altuve look comfortable at the plate to you? Not really, you know. Yeah, yeah but it's like, well, but it's early, you yeah. know. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's kind of spoiled you guys, I think, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, right now, he just looks like he doesn't, you know, doesn't know where his feet are yet, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. So, go find it. What's even easier than hitting a home run into the Crawford boxes? Deep to left field, and you can kiss that goodbye into the Landry's Crawford boxes. How about cracking open a delicious Crawford Bach? Carbox Crawford Bach pairs perfectly with peanuts, stadium dogs, and a good seventh-inning stretch. Plus, a portion of the proceeds from each beer goes to the Astros Foundation to support community initiatives. So, root, root, root for the Astros with a cold Crawford Bach this season. 